Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Umtalha Speaks podcast, where inshallah today we are continuing our balancing deen and dunya season. And in today's episode, inshallah, we'll be discussing careers in the law field, working in the government or working for nonprofits that interact a lot with government organizations. Um, this particular career field, from my knowledge and kind of my experience, is something that, as far as Muslim women are concerned, it's usually something quite foreign. It's not one of the standard, typical jobs that we would know, I think probably females, but especially Muslim Muslim women to participate in. Um, so I'm very excited, mashallah, to have the very diverse group of sisters that we have on the show today um, in the various careers that they have. So inshallah, we'll, we'll give the mic to them um, to go ahead and introduce themselves. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Sister Tasneem. My current position is a practice manager. I currently manage a team of social workers in the children and looked after teens. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Samira and I'm a psychologist working in the mental health field, but specifically with survivors of torture. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Sana and I currently work as a probation officer. My job is to oversee offenders who have been sentenced by the judge and to ensure that they carry out the requirements they have been instructed to carry out. Assalamu alaikum, my name is Shamila um, and I am uh, currently working as a trainee solicitor um, at a law firm. My name is Rebecca, I work for the National Crime Agency and I work in the Modern Slavery Human Trafficking Team. My team are involved in identifying victims of human trafficking and ensuring they receive the appropriate protection and support. I wasn't exaggerating when I said that we have some very powerful sisters with us today. MashaAllah, may Allah protect you all. Um, I think for some of the sisters that are listening, especially with how diverse your career choices are, there's an initial kind of thought of how do you even end up working, for example, in the crime agency or working as a social worker. Um, so if you can just touch a little bit on your lead up to your current role, um, probably starting from about A-levels, from, from either GCSE or A-levels, that what made you decide that this field of work was something that you were interested in? My A-levels were actually very random because at that time I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. However, whilst I was waiting for my A-level results, I watched a BBC News report where they were asking for psychologists to come to Kosovo to help because of the war that was taking place there. So that piqued my interest in psychology and I actually ended up spending the summer in the library reading books on it. And then when I got my A-level results, I decided that was what I wanted to do and I was able to get onto a psychology course. When I was at university, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, so initially, I actually went into business studies. Um, but then I realised that I really wanted to do something like in a caring position. So it was just by chance um, I went across to a careers day um, and I just fancied something where we were helping people. So I went across and started doing some voluntary work. Um, I worked with uh, Muslim women with um, disabilities, which I found really rewarding. 
um, and then I continued to do some voluntary work, working with different groups of people. And then that was kind of my chosen career in social work. I think in our, in the Muslim community, um, social work is very much frowned upon um, because it's people's kind of perceptive that social workers are here just to take people's children away. They're here to break up families. Um, and that is actually not what we do. It's quite the opposite. Um, so, yeah, I think it was definitely um, something that I wanted to do and I've continued to do. And I absolutely love my job and I'm very passionate about my job. I think my uh, route from A-levels to through, um, through my education to my current job role is quite traditional for someone who's working in the legal field. Um, I chose to study English literature, English language and history uh, at A-level, which are all quite um, traditional subjects. Um, I went on to do a, a law degree at university. I then did my legal practice course, uh, which is a mandatory course that you have to do if you want to consider um, being a solicitor. Um, and then I completed, that was done for my education. Then I went straight into an entry level legal job. Um, I worked at quite a big commercial firm um, for a while and then moved to the firm that I'm at now. Uh, and I moved to, a again, an entry-level-ish job um, before securing my training contract. Um, my a training contract is a two-year contract that you're, you enter into with a, a firm of solicitors. And during that two-year period, they will train you in different departments, um, in different seats. So I'm in my final seat now um, before, inshallah, qualifying in the next six months. So one of the A-levels that I completed during sixth form was sociology. And this helped me to make my mind up with regards to the type of field that I wanted to go into. And so I studied criminology for three years. So I think for many sisters who may have found or find themselves in a situation that each of you were at the start of your career, um, whether it's that they enjoy certain subjects that you enjoyed um, or they were really good at them, maybe one of the things that prevents young Muslim sisters from pursuing careers such as yours is kind of this idea that working for the government and working in any sort of legal capacity is restricted for white men. Um, and maybe that it doesn't fit the lifestyle of a Muslim woman. Um, but mashallah, I know about all of you that may Allah protect you. You're, you're very modest. You are very practicing. So can you just shed some light to kind of bust those stereotypes that working in this field isn't necessarily restricted for white non-Muslim men. So at the start of my career, my caseloads were mainly made up of white males who would often ask me questions about Islam and they came to accept me easily. Since moving, my caseloads are mainly Asian male Muslims who are taken quite aback when they see an Asian female Muslim are working in this type of field. And it's because it's not instilled within our culture, it's not deemed as normal, if you like, for a female Muslim to be working in such a field. Within the National Crime Agency specifically, there's different streams of work. Um, some of those would be suitable for Muslimas and some of them 
wouldn't be. Uh, for example, working on business support or intelligence, um, that is very much office-based work, whereas investigations is more out on the streets, going to houses, etc. Um, so that wouldn't necessarily be suitable for Muslimas. Um, I think it's really important that if you find a job role that you want to go for, that you do some research into it, you have a conversation with the named manager if you've got any concerns, um, and that should help guide you into finding out what roles would be suitable and what wouldn't. It's been very, very difficult, and especially with my job, it's not a nine to five job, we're on call, you know, the, we work shifts, we work evenings, we work weekends. And I think it's just being really open and and just kind of understanding, you know, what our job's really about. Um, and, you know, and it's not for everyone. And, you know, I've had lots of people that have come and gone and said, you know, we would never, ever do this job. I know there's a lot of stigma attached to the legal field. Um, there is the stigma that, you know, it's if someone wants to become a solicitor, that they're working in uh criminal law and defending criminals and people ask you how you sleep at night and that's really not the case there's many 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 different areas of law that you can go into and there's many different areas that you can specialize in for example you can become an employment solicitor uh, a conveyancing solicitor a real estate solicitor um a solicitor of wills and probate um and personal injury there's all sorts that you can do so you're not limited in terms of uh your options um there's also a stigma uh, attached to the legal field in that it's a bit of a boys club and that's absolutely not the case there's lots and lots of females there's a there's um, a female partner um of uh, the firm that i work at um and she's uh, a very very capable of a job very very good at a job um and i've been in court and i've seen um muslim uh, uh females uh covering or non-covering um who are you know doing their thing as a solicitor and they're working in court so it's not it's not uh, unheard of um and you see you you um you see kind of female barristers as well very very intelligent people who are up there you know alongside um you know the the the, the big kind of barristers and um it, it really is amazing to see it's not unheard of it really isn't unheard of and it's definitely not out of reach um and uh, there is again the stigma attached to that it's very it's a non-Muslim, um, it's it's not a very Muslim-friendly profession. So now that all of you, mashallah, have gotten into your careers and really established yourselves, um, can you just talk a little bit about how you think wearing the hijab has impacted your ability to succeed in your role? Um, and and things like praying, just anything that kind of aligns with, I guess, being a practicing Muslim with obviously the religious responsibilities that you have. Um, how well does that blend with your career? I've been really fortunate because I've never experienced issues in the workplace in relation to being a hijabi. Um, I find that my colleagues are curious and they want to know why I wear it more so than getting any negativity about it. Um, I honestly don't think that I am perceived any differently um, and feel that I'm quite respected amongst my colleagues. I mean, even if they felt negativity towards me inwardly, that's never come across to me. I don't believe I've had any negative experiences of um, wearing hijab, so being a... Um, 
covered uh, Muslima in the field of psychology. I do think there is a certain level of uh, respect that people have towards um, a woman who is covered. And I am aware that sometimes when some people may become angry and they raise their voice or um, they express themselves by using swear words, that they suddenly are very quick to apologize. Um, and it seems as if they feel like they've said something uh, something offensive in front of me. And um, there's almost like a sense of shame that I witnessed that side of them. Um, um, throughout my career, um, whilst was I was a social worker, frontline social worker, um, going out into the community, going out into different settings, um, and now obviously in my job as a practice manager, uh, because I manage a social work team, um, I'm actually based in the office, so I don't see people as much as what I used to in the community and families. Um, throughout my career as a social worker, I have always covered, I've always worn hijab. There isn't no set uniform um, in the job that I do, um, but you know, I always make sure I dress modestly. Um, when I'm going for meetings, I attend court, we do a lot of court cases for our families. Um, and you know, I'm quite comfortable just wearing my abaya and my scarf. Uh, but generally, I've never had any issues um, in covering and dressing modestly. Um, and I've never, ever felt any different to my colleagues, my friends. Um, and and I feel really proud that, you know, and I feel really confident in my abaya, my hijab. Um, and it's never perceived any different. Nobody's ever treated me any different. Um, and I just think it's, you know, what you're comfortable in. And, and I think, you know, when you are a professional, uh, people kind of see past that. Um, you know, I know we'll always have issues, but that's across, you know, whatever we do. Actually, in fact, you know, I have a lot of respect from my colleagues, from my friends um, and from the families we work with. Managers now are so different to when I first came into this job. You know, we were, initially we used to be scared to say, can we have a prayer room? You know, it's Ramadan, we need to do this. But, but now with all the diversity and all the procedures and policies, People are so open when you come for interviews because I have, you know, certain interview panels myself. And, you know, we always ask, have you got any, you know, dietary requirements? You know, do you need a prayer room? Is Ramadan? You know, and people are very, very flexible. So, you know, don't ever be put off that you won't be able to practice because definitely without a doubt, you know, we work in the community. I've been to courts, you know, there's prayer rooms in the courts. If you need to pray, find somewhere to pray. Ask a manager and they will find you somewhere to pray. If you do not want to shake a male's hand, say confidently that you do not shake hands. If you do not want to go to a restaurant um, that sells alcohol and you know your colleagues will be drinking alcohol, speak up and say that you do not want to do that. Do not feel shy to represent. I think now as well in uh, where we are in the 21st century, we're in 2020, um, your opinions um, and your preferences matter. It, it, it's not held against you, especially in a law firm, because they don't want to get sued. So it's, it, it's um, arguably a very safe environment to work in. MashaAllah, Shamila, you previously mentioned the stigma that's kind of attached with working in the legal field and kind of this perception or idea that anyone who decides to go down any sort of legal route, the only end possible role is to work in crime. 
And clearly, all of your job roles are are completely different to that. Um, and I think the one common factor for all of your job roles, mashallah, is that you truly are on the ground helping people. And I think as young children, when when all of us were kind of thinking about what job would we want and what do we want to be when we grow up, this underlying common factor is I want to help people. But I don't think many people correlate helping people to working in the government or working in any sort of legal capacity. Um, so obviously, each of you has had a very serious and significant impact on the people that you work with, the clients that you work with. And probably Muslims come and go and, and you interact with Muslims in your role. So I just like if, if you could touch a little bit on how Muslims that you've come across have perceived you. And also in terms of how non-Muslims have perceived you, because clearly if you're going to court, if you're working in law firms, then you're coming across a lot of non-Muslims, but in a very professional role. Um, so Samira, if we can start with you, because I know that you work with torture survivors. Um, so these are people who are coming usually to this country as refugees or asylum seekers and having to kind of navigate the whole immigration process and all of all of that. So if if we can start with you and you just touch a bit on how does the fact that you're an obviously Muslim woman impact their level of comfort when they see that now, okay, you're the, the person working on their case. So many Muslim clients have mentioned what a relief it's been for them to talk about their difficulties with a professional who understands them and is able to support them in their journey to improve their wellness. And I can usually see the great progress that clients make. And, um, and it's, it's usually a very noticeable difference between their presentation at the start of therapy and at the end of therapy. I've also at times had to speak to a client's family and to help them understand what their loved one is going through and help them find ways that they can support this individual. And this tends to help improve the dynamics between them and the quality of the relationship that they have as well. And for a lot of families, this is very, very new to them. And especially when English is their second language, they're not from you know, England. And in some countries where you come from, the law is very different and some countries don't have social services. So, you know, it's a massive impact. And I just think not only as a Muslim woman, but as a human being, it's people's human rights. And I, you know, always make sure that I can, I try to leave a positive impact with um, my families that I work with. Um, I've worked in this job now for over 15 years. And at that time, I think some of our families um, I'm not quite sure what's happening when social services do get involved. Um, and, and there can be lots of different reasons because, you know, I've worked with children and young families. I've worked with, um, with parents with uh, severe and enduring mental health problems. So I've had a background where I've worked with um, adult mental health and now I've come back to working in children. So kind of throughout my career over 15 years, I have always worked in health and social care. And I think the impact has been massive. Um, because people don't really understand what's going on when social services are involved. And, you know, we are there to help the families. And 
And I think I do kind of go over that little bit more and I try to explain to our families um, why we're here and we're not here just to remove your children. We're here to help you, to support you. You know, we work with a lot of children that are orphans and, you know, we know what our religion teaches about, teaches us about um, looking after orphan children. It's a very, very emotional, very upsetting job. And I think it's the kind of job that you can't switch off and come home, um, you know, and I try my best and I always, you know, think I'm here and, you know, I'm doing this job because I'm helping people. And I think, you know, and all the time that I've managed to get promotions and I've grown is by the um, will of Allah and whatever comes, you know, whatever's written for me, um, that's what I'm going to have. But I think for me, I feel very fortunate that, um, you know, we have got Muslim um, workers within this field because it very much depends on who your caseholder is and what could happen. And from experience, um, you know, families are really pleased when we go out and we give them that support. And especially when we're going through the court process. And I've always actually been the only Muslim female worker. And I think it's only in the last um, three or four years, there's been a high flux of um, young uh, Muslim males and females coming into the field, which I think is fantastic to see. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm really pleased that it is becoming recognised that we are here to help. Um, and, you know, inshallah, we, I will continue to do what I can for my um, colleagues and my families and, and hopefully, you know, continue to have a positive impact, um, you know, by working with them. I haven't had a lot of um, contact with Muslims. Um, a, a lot of the clients that we deal with, my photograph is actually on the, the firm website and I'm clearly wearing a headscarf and clearly Muslim. Um, so I have had in my time at the firm, I've had a couple of people call and just say, I want to speak to Shmaila. Pure, purely because um, <laughs> I'm Asian um, and it may be kind of easier to talk to me, they seem. I'm not sure if you're um, open to people asking you questions and, you know, you're approachable, then, you know, you're seen as an, an, an essentially an ambassador of Islam. And it, it's it's very, it's nice to be that person, um, <laughs> to be um, someone uh it's nice to be different, I think. I really feel like it's nice to be different. And um, especially in a, in a, a firm where, uh, you know, it's predominantly non-Muslim, um, but those, non, the, those, those non-Muslims are kind of uh, open to, to learning and kind of open to accepting uh, people of different um, walks of life. And um, it, 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 it makes it easier um when you're working in an environment where people are accepting um and people are actually kind of intrigued about you know your 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 kind of life so after our discussion i can imagine that there's probably some young sisters out there on the verge of going to university or currently on their university course thinking about should i pursue this career is this really the right path for me and Sister Tasneem, for example, you didn't even want to necessarily get in this field when, when you started. Um, so clearly your path shows that, yeah, you may have ups and downs and you might change your mind and that's okay. But clearly, mashallah, you've ended up doing something that you are ecstatic and, and happy to do. And I think all of the sisters today can attest to that. Um, so if we can just finish off maybe with just a bit of advice, if we bear in mind that there there are sisters that are questioning should they follow this path if this, if this is something that they 
truly do believe that they'll be passionate about? I think the advice I would give to youngsters is if there's a chosen field what you want, just do it. Um, you know, there's never anything right and wrong. You know, there's lots of different jobs and they're all here for a reason and somebody somewhere has got to do the job. And I think sometimes, you know, we come into jobs because of our life experiences, you know, and and sometimes, you know, we've had loss and grief ourselves or or sometimes you just want to help people or sometimes you don't know what you want. I think, you know, it will always be difficult um, because, you know, when we've got other caring responsibilities, you've got families, you've got children you know, you've got in-laws, there's something, you know, you've got to really balance out your home life and your working life. Um, and I think just the ad advice I would, you know, give is do what you want to do. But, you know, as long as, you know, it's accepted in Islam and, you know, we're, we're here to do the right things. Um, and, you know, and hopefully, you know, we don't want it to impact on your family life. But, you know, it's something definitely which, you know, I think if that's what you've got your heart set in and, you know, inshallah, you should do it. I would advise the person who is wanting to pursue a career within probation services to do uh, their own research, to really ask themselves would they be able to cope with the emotional impact that comes with this role because and again another thing you've got to remember this isn't your average job, it's not your 9-5 job where you can just switch off, there is a lot of emotional baggage that comes within this role. My final bit of advice is don't let the peer pressure in the working environment get to you. Don't let the feeling of being judged or being different prevent you from doing what you need to do. It's your opportunity to represent the Muslim women out there and stand your ground. I actually feel that right now is an exciting time to be working within the area of mental health and well-being. Over the last few years, there have been certain movements and shifts within Western psychology. So you can choose to align yourself with some of these movements that feel like they're the right fit for you, such as the social justice movement and basically developing a greater understanding, for instance, regarding how social political context can impact on mental health and well-being. For those who are interested in going to counselling psychology or clinical psychology, I would also suggest to look at wider discourses in general, as well as looking into critical psychology and community psychology. I also strongly believe that we need more psychologists doing research so that their published findings can contribute, for instance, in expanding the current Western mental health explanations that we have to also help shape certain policies and to generally add to wider societal discourses. I would say absolutely do it. Um, you're gonna get you're gonna get obstacles, regardless of what um field that you go into. Um, there will always be questions about oh you know um, can can you make adjustments for me to pray or or things like that. There's always that that will always come up, and you'll always be able to speak to someone about it. And especially, um, the silver lining at law firm is they don't want to get sued, so you've you've always got that to fall back on. Um. I have never in my career to date felt that um, this field is not de designed for, for, for Muslim women. And never. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll be in court and I'll see other solicitors who, you know, um, Muslims, Muslim, uh, you know, females um, who, you know, are, are <laughs> being legal people. Um, and I, I don't, I, I've never been made to feel that it's, uh, uh, it, it's a place where I shouldn't be 
never and I really feel that um that comes down to the kind of person you are um if you believe that obviously you're um working in this in role in this job and you are working as hard as any other trainee or any other kind of legal assistant any other solicitor I don't think that makes you um any different from them um if I've ever felt that I am uh you know that this role isn't designed for me it's probably because um I felt that you know I'm not really understanding this legal point or I'm not really understanding this procedure in this type of law it's never because um or it's because because I feel like as a Muslim I, I you know I, I, I can't do this I would strongly advocate that more you know young Muslim um, males and females should come towards this career because you know sadly there is a lot of families that need our support and if we don't support our families you know and and non-muslims go in and i've seen this you know evidence myself like i said over the 15 years is wrong decisions are made and you know and children are placed in non-muslim families and we're accountable for this and you know we're going to have to say why these children have been fostered or adopted um into you know non-muslim families and it's quite scary and it's quite worrying subhanallah what an important note to end on. Um, at the end of the day, living in a Western society that has a government the way that it does, it's inevitable that Muslims are going to find themselves in the legal system in one way or another, in one capacity or another. And it is so refreshing for people in need, Muslims in need, to have other Muslims helping them. And that's exactly what all of you are doing. And inshallah, what all of the sisters who decide to follow this career path will eventually do. And alhamdulillah, we've seen that being a strong practicing Muslimah isn't a barrier to working in this field. And for sisters who are in this field, this career path isn't a barrier to practicing. The two can go hand in hand perfectly well. And in all cases, we should remember that leaving the house and going out to work as a male or a female, we should have some sort of intention behind what it is that we're doing. Nobody is completely satisfied getting up in the morning going to work just for a paycheck. And inshallah, if we can find a way that, yes, we can support ourselves financially, but in a way that is fulfilling, in a way that is helping other people, and especially in a way that serves as an avenue for da'wah, to teach other people and to show other people that this is what Muslim women are. There are so many wrong things being said about Muslim women. And it's our responsibility as Muslim women to challenge that and to show what the truth of Islam is and to show that Islam actually empowers women. And alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, all of you truly are a testament to that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you and grant you success in your work and grant you success in this life and in the hereafter. Walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.